If you have your Bibles, open up to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And uh, tonight, for a few moments, I just want to preach on and, and stir us up in the area uh, when it comes to our exodus and the progressive life of faith. Um, it's interesting. I always find out that every time God wants to do something great, it seems like that uh, adversity rises up. You get a word of the Lord, you get things. And I, I shared it uh, uh, Sunday night in uh, uh, School of Ministry teaching on revival. And we we're talking about uh, Charles Finney and D.L. Moody. And D.L. Moody, uh, when he got saved, he made a commitment to the Lord. He was a shoe salesman, worked in selling shoes. His Sunday school teacher uh, had been there a part of his life, and he just got stirred up that he needed to go witness to him. So he went, actually went down to the shoe store and, and uh, got D.L. He was just a young teenage boy and, and just ministered to him. He accepted the Lord there in the shoe store, and then he made a commitment that he was going to live by faith and serve the Lord, and so he quit his job in the shoe, in the shoe business and uh, decided to live by, that, by, by faith, and at that time he was making $5,000 a year, and uh, back in the 1800s, that was a fairly good income and stuff, so he's making $5,000 a year, and, and then that first year living by faith, he went from $5,000 a year to $150 a year. Amen. And uh, I was just sharing with him that every decision you make for God will be tested. Every decision you make for God will be tested. The devil will always come to test to see if you mean it or not. Because it's easy to say things. It's another thing to do it. Are you with me? It's easy to declare, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a tither. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to work in this. I'm going to go to school and ministry. I'm gonna, whatever it is. And then you make that and say, man, where did all this trouble come from? Where did all this adversity come from? Where did all these problems rise up from? Because the devil doesn't want you to be obedient to God. So he's your adversary. We'll talk about that here in a few moments. But I want you to think about this just before we read in Joshua. I want you to think about this, that when it comes to an exodus, exodus declares that God has delivered us and brings us out. He delivers us and brings us out. But then it's up to us to fight to possess the promise that he declared was ours. You understand that? I said, I'll bring you out, but you're going to go in and possess the land. You're going to have to possess that. Now, in, we understand that. We're talking Old Testament. But I think it's interesting that Ephesians chapter 6 tells us about to put on the full armor of God. And then you get over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and says the weapons of our warfare. So wait a minute. We got armor. We got weapons. And then you get to 1 Peter chapter 5, and, and he said that, that, that we're supposed to be sober and to be vigilant because our adversary, the devil, is going about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So we have an adversary, but at the same time, we have armor and we have weapons. Amen? And so if it's going to happen, it's going to come through a fight. And you have to have a spirit of faith to fight and possess what God has declared to you. And uh, so I, I just wrote this down in my notes to myself. I said, you know, you only supply weapons and armor to those who are going to be in a fight. So when Paul says, hey, you got this great supply of armor, you got these marvelous weapons, and it's not just to hang them on the wall and say, hey, look at my weapons, look at my armor, polish it up. No, it's so you can engage in the battle and kick some devil hiney. Amen? So that's what we're after. Now I want you to look at this. is one of my favorite quotes of all time. I pulled it out and used it tonight. But this is from Rick Godwin, and, and he wrote a little book called Adversity, the Breakfast of Champions. Adversity is the breakfast of champions. 
Come on. Really, people of faith love adversity. Because every time adversity comes up, every time opposition comes up, that means it's an opportunity for me to exercise my faith and watch God bring the victory. Amen? And so adversity is the breakfast of champion. But listen to this declaration. And, and it has to do with moving on to the attack. Too many times we're reactionary. And, and uh, people can say whatever they want. But I, I, I watched uh, this morning, or yesterday morning, I watched a clip. And, and this last week, President Trump has been bringing in business people and talking to all these different industries. And may, maybe it was this morning, but he was talking to the, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, the drug companies. And what he's saying is, we want you to bring your jobs back into America. And, and I felt like the Spirit of God said... He used to have, in, in his corporation, Trump Industries, whatever it was, everything, every decision, every negotiation he did was to build his business. So he was only in it. And so now, he's put that aside. Now, America is his business. And so he's trying to get here. So I need you to come and invest in my business. And so we, I want to bring jobs. I want my business to grow. My business is now my country. And so he's trying to build the capital of his country and build the portfolio of our country. I just kind of looked at because he's just a business guy. So he's negotiating with all these guys who just negotiate. I said, this is, and, and it's messing everybody up. Because politicians don't understand making money. They only understand spending our money. We don't need to make money. We just need to take more money from the people. So we, and Trump's going, no, we're going to do this and we're going we're gonna to invest in this company called America. And so it's kind of, but, but he's, he's moving forward. He's kind of on the attack and he's making everybody mad. But he's doing the stuff that he said he would do. And he's doing it, and they go, you're not supposed to do it. Things don't move that fast. Well, if you're in business, you move fast. If you're a politician, you just make excuses for why you can't move. Now, if, if you're a Christian by faith, if you're a Christian by faith, then you have to be on the attack. And you have to be moving forward. And so Rick Godwin said this. You'll like it. You can follow along as I read. Moving on the attack. Every day and in every way, we press the attack on the devil. We take him, boldly tell him, I'm going to squander you. I'm going to ruin you in Jesus' name. I do not stupidly pick a fight, but I make it understood that from this moment on, as a believer in the Lord Jesus, attack is going to be my posture. I'm in total and complete anger and rage in opposition against you on all fronts. I take everything you do personally. I'm going to be a nightmare for you. From this moment on, I will learn the skills to do whatever it takes to be an overcomer. I will plead the blood of Christ and I will turn his attacks to God's advantage. When Satan attacks, I will grow. When I come out of this valley, I will be bigger, better, and stronger than when I went in. Amen? How I many know that's just a good attitude? Amen? Most people go, oh man, pray for me, I'm under attack. Well, come here and just let me slap you until you get tired of it. I mean, after the first slap, you go, hey, stop that. Now, if you slap me, if you go for the second one, I'm probably going to duck and hit you back. I mean, because I'm still being saved. I'm not quite that saved. I mean, I'm in the process of being saved. Amen. 
And so some of you need to get, when it comes to an attack, you need to learn how to fight back. And it's so, it's so interesting that the Bible tells us that we're to be on the attack. We're to be moving forward. We're to be possessing. We have the armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. We know what the devil, how he comes. And, and, and gird yourself. Take up the weapons of our warfare. Be, be aware of your adversary. Give no place to him. Resist him and he will what? Flee from you. All right. Look inside your outline, if you would. Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them and the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, get there. Hey, if you don't have that underlined in your Bible, if you, if you don't believe that, then you need to write that down. The Lord said, every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given that unto you. I'll just divert just for a moment. When I was going to Bible school in uh, uh 1979, we, we had a class on faith. And so when I got saved, I'm a journeyman cement finisher by trade. And so I was working for the Union. The Union Hall, I'm in Marysville. The Union Hall is in Chico. And they were dispatching us out from Chico around Northern California on different jobs. So they were sending me from Marysville to Herlong up by Susanville to pour missile containment shelters in there. And I'm trying to go to Bible school. And I said, Lord, I can't go to Bible school. And I, I would drive to Quincy, stay with my cousin, and then drive over to Herlong, come back and stay with him. It was a crazy situation, and I'm not able to get anything done. There's a little, there, there, there's a little uh, hotel there in Doyle. I try to stay there, just with, and so it just wasn't effective way to go to Bible school. And so I said, Lord, I need, and at that time I was making about $16, $17 an hour at, at that time in, in 1979, and, and, and uh, they make a lot more now. Amen. So wage got, but anyway, so I was making this money as a journeyman cement fisher, finisher and that. But I go, Lord, I, I, I need a job. I just need a job locally. And uh, so I'm praying about it. So we had a couple days break and I come back and uh, I'm going to Bible school. And we had a class. We're doing Brother Hagin's faith, on, a class on what faith is on Wednesday night. And we read that scripture. It says, wheresoever the soul your foot shall tread upon, that I've given unto you. And that was the title scripture for that lesson that night. And uh, Tuesday of that week, on Tuesday morning, my, my dad had said, Hey, uh, I know Glenn Hansvik. He works down there at, at the cable company. And uh, maybe they need some people down there. I thought, well, that's kind of weird. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll go by and I'll put in an application. So Tuesday, uh, I went in and I put in an application down there. And then Wednesday night, I, I, I'm reading this, uh, uh, this class. And I go home after class. I get in my bed and I'm reading that again. And the Spirit of God said, get up and go walk around that building. Because every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I've given it unto you. So I, I got out of bed, got dressed, got him old Chevy pickup and drove down there. And I started walking around that building, praying in the Holy Ghost, thanking God. Father, I thank you. You said just confessing and declaring that word. I walked up to the side of the building. I didn't even know what was inside the building. And, and I put my foot up on the wall and my hand. I said, Father, I claim a job here. Cars are driving by. And I got my, I claim a job here in Jesus' name. And I'm just having a blast. And, and then I just get my truck and go home. And so, that's Wednesday night. The next morning, they call me to go to work in Roseville. 
at, uh, at, and pour some curb and gutter at, at, a, at a mobile home park in Roseville. And this guy says, what are you doing this winter for work? I said, I have a job with NorCal Cablevision. I didn't realize what I was saying before I could even realize. I said, I have a job with the cable company. Whoa. Felt pretty good. Amen. And so when I'm finished today, Friday, it was just a one-day job. The next day I get up in the morning. My parents lived in Yuba City. I'm staying with them. Sue lives in Marysville. So I'm driving over to see her. And so driving over to see her, this is before cell phones. This is where you actually had to go into a building and pick up a line to talk to somebody. So they called my dad's house. They asked me to come in for an interview. So while I'm driving from my dad's house to Sue's house, they call, come in for an interview. So I get to Sue's house, and they go, your dad called. You have an interview down here. They want you to come in. And I get down there, and I go in. And, and the manager asked me to come in. And he goes, and he just gave me, he said, I don't even really know why I have you coming in here. And said, we really don't need anybody. I said, well, sir, I'll just tell you the truth. I, I, I give my life to the Lord. I'm going to Bible school. These guys are sending me all over the countryside to pour concrete. I can't serve God. I need a job here so I can go to Bible school. He goes, well, man, we don't need anybody, but go back there and tell them I hired you. <laughs> that was really crazy. And it turned out he was a Mormon man. And, and uh, so he hired me. He gives me this job to go to Bible school. And stuff, and I worked there all the way through, and and, and I went to work for four dollars and eighty-five. I, I took like a quadruple cut in pay to go to work there. But God was so good. I found out that working for less than five dollars an hour, I made more money than working for sixteen dollars an hour every now and then. I found out five dollars an hour, forty hours a week plus overtime, paid a lot better than sixteen dollars an hour every now and then. Amen. So it sounded like a cup, but just that steady. And, got, and I worked there all the way up till the day we left to go in the middle. And I said, Glenn, I, I went in and sat down. I said, Glenn, I, I have to resign. I said, I, I've been offered a job to go into the ministry. And he goes, I love to hear it when a man gets a promotion. Amen. But, but I got that job doing Joshua 1.3. I just went out there, I believe that. I've done other things like that, but if there's something happened that, that you put on the armor of God, you get the faith, well, I don't know if I would ever walk around and put my foot on the building. Well, then you probably won't have one of these testimonies. Amen. But just go ahead and do it anyway. Come on. I, I, I like what one preacher said years ago. He said, just believe the Word of God, act on it, and act like you got good sense. Come on, you live in a crazy world. Yeah, have you watched all the demonstrations? Those people out there are crazy. If you're going to call me crazy, then call me crazy for having faith in God. Amen. I'll be crazy for the Lord any day. Amen. All right. I didn't mean to get off and all that. We, got, we barely got to verse 3. Okay, verse 4. So from the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, to the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man. Everybody say no man. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage for this people, for, excuse me, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong. 
and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you to do. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Come on, that's the third time in a few verses that he's telling Joshua to what? Be strong and what? Of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, <coughs> for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to what? Possess. Possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to what? Possess. So God's given it, but who's going to go get it? God says, this is yours, but you're going to go get it. Amen? And to the Rumadites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God has given you rest and given you this land. Your wives and your little ones and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed with all your mighty men of valor and help them. See, God is not a get yours and, and, and check out God. See, there's a tribe and a half. They stayed on, on the east side of the Jordan. God said, no, that you get this, but you only get to enjoy it after you go and fight and make sure everybody else gets theirs too. And so when it comes to living for God, you're not only using your faith for yourself, but we're using our faith to make sure everybody possesses. Amen? So watch this. And uh, until the Lord has given your brethren rest and has given you as He has given you, and they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God has given them, then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave to you on this side of the Jordan towards the sunrise. And they answered Joshua, saying, All that you commanded us we will do. Wherever you send us we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And then they said, whoever rebels against your command <clears throat> and does not heed your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. How do you know we wouldn't have many members if we put that in our membership role? All right, if you rebel, we'll just kill you and leave you here. Glory to God. Amen. But So here's this great challenge that God gives to the people of God. And look at your inside of your outline. The progressive life of faith in our exodus. As believers, we're living a progressive life of faith. It is a revealed life. It is a maturing life. And it is a possessing life. Amen? Now, what does that mean? Think about it. Many people are waiting for God to move the mountains out of their way. God is waiting for somebody to say, give me the mountain." Amen. That's what Caleb said. Hey, give me my mouth. You know, you, you could wait for God to move and pray for God to move. And Jesus said, what we could do? We could say, cast in the sea and, and move and, and it'll obey you. But it's something else when you say, you know what? I think I'll just possess that mountain. I'll claim that mountain. I'll take that mountain. Amen. 
So think about it. Joshua 1, as we read, gives us several steps in the progressive life of faith. Verse 2, the old method followed under Moses was no good. There was to be a transition from law to grace. Moses died, now we're moving ahead. Amen? Rise and get up. There's a time when old methods and old ways and means must pass away for the entrance of the new. That's why Paul says if we're in Christ, we're new creatures. Amen? We're doing new things. The old thing passed away, all things become new. Verse 3, we must recognize that what we do for the Lord must be done through the principle of faith. What does that mean? Faith takes what God has provided. It's up to us to believe and act upon the promise and the principle of possession. Listen what God said. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I've given it to you. So the first thing they had to have to do was go walk on it. They had to walk on it. They had to just go, well, Lord, call me when it's ready for me. No, you're going to go walk on it, and you're going to dispossess the inhabitants that are there. See, we cannot sit still and twiddle our thumb and expect God to do miracles. We must walk on with God one step at a time. How do you get to where God's going to get? Just believe God. Just go out there. I, I remember David Larimer, when we started the church, he, he said, Well, Don, how do you start a church? I said, David, I don't know. We're just going to go do it. I really did. See, when, when we started Salt Rock Faith Center almost 30 years ago, we didn't have all this church planning stuff they have today. I, I had our organizational leader said, have you ever thought about going up here in these hills? I said, I've never had that thought. They said, well, if somebody would go up there and think about starting a church, we, we would help you. I said, how will you, how will you help me? Well, we'll give you a little bit of money. Yeah. For a little bit of time. Because we'd like to have a church up there. And, and their idea of that, that, that they said, well, we'll give you $1,500 for a year. $1,500 a month for a year. I said, what in the world do you do with $1,500? How, how do you do anything with that? So, so I said, do this. I said, give me $4,000 a month for six months, and in six months we'll be self-sufficient. I didn't even know what I was saying. <laughs> they go, we've never given anybody that money. I said, well, give me that much, and we'll plan a church. Okay. And they said, okay. And the next thing you know, we're planting a church. We're renting a building. We rented a house. We rented a building. And we told everybody, we have a church. Everybody we knew. I told my wife and my kids, we have a church. <laughs> that was it. And they just go out and knock. And David goes, how do you do that? How do people come? I said, well, I don't know. We're just going to put a little thing in the paper. We're going to knock on a few doors and do stuff and see what happens. But see, so you just go by faith. God puts something in your heart. You believe you just go possess it. And you just keep taking a step and taking a step. And you know what? In six months, they quit sending checks and we're still here. God is a miracle God. But you take it. You can't just sit still. You walk on with God one step at a time. Verse 5, we read, This fact is essential to the whole Christian life. And nothing can stop or withstand faith. When it is in action, when faith is moving in your heart and in your life, nothing can stop the force of faith in God's Word. 
Look at what God, the Lord said. Nobody shall be able to stand against you all the days of our life. I will be with you wherever you go. I will be with you. Man, if we ever got that down on the inside of me. God is with me. He hasn't leave me. What did Jesus say? I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. In fact, I will even send the Holy Ghost so I won't just be with you. I'm getting ready to be in you. Amen. They just had God with them. We have God in us. Woo! Amen. Man, how can we lose? We got God in us. God lives on the inside of you. Are you hearing me tonight? God lives on the inside of you. People, well, I just don't feel like God is near. My God, talk to your belly button. He's in there. He's in there. He's in God you. God is in you. Look at according to verse 5. Uh, nothing can stop God's working when faith is operating in His people. Amen. See, in Matthew 17, they, they, they brought the demonic man to, G, to His disciples. Jesus comes down off the mountain, and the disciples said, well, He goes, man, I brought him to your disciples. They couldn't do anything. And Jesus said, bring him to me. And then afterwards, they said, Lord, uh, Eli, turn this, turn this mic on right here. Praise the Lord. That other one, I should have changed the batteries. That other one's glitching again. But, uh, and, and they said, Jesus said, bring him to me. And then after Jesus cast the devil out, they said, Lord, how come we couldn't do it? He said, because this kind goes out by prayer and by fasting. You know what happens when you pray and when you fast? You build up your faith. Amen. When Peter was called to, to pray for Dorcas, and Dorcas had died there in Lydia. And he goes and he kneels down in the room and he prays. And then rising up from prayer, he turns and he says to her, Arise. So prayer and fasting gives you faith. And then when you come out of that time, then you speak. And your words are spoken with the force of faith and things happen. Somebody ought to say amen. So watch this. Jesus had already won the victories, has already won the victory for us and now lives in us to produce this victorious living. Amen. Uh, look at, go, go, go to Romans 4, or, or Philippians 4. Well, we don't have to turn there. Philippians 4.13 says, I can what? I can what? I can what? Through Christ. Think about that. See, we say that. Hey, I can do it. And everybody goes, amen. And then we go, I don't know what I'm going to do. We say amen and shout, but then when it comes time to do it, we speak fear instead of faith. I'm just telling you in Exodus, the progressive life of faith gets up there and says, you know what? I believe, as Cole was saying, when we pray, we believe that we receive. That's what Jesus said. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. When did you receive them? When you pray. Amen? And then you just start thanking God. Father, I thank you. You're working on my behalf. I don't have to see it. I call it done in Jesus' name. And then instead of fretting over that, you just, every time it comes up to your mind, you just praise Him. Father, I thank you. You're working on my behalf. I believe that I receive. I ask, and you said that if I ask, then I receive those things that I've asked from you in Jesus' name. Amen? And you praise Him. It's amazing how that turns around and how faith brings a victory over that. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says this, Faithful is he who called you who will also do it. God called you and he declared it and he's also going to do it. Amen? Now think about it. The enemy is already defeated and knows it. 
If you go to chapter 2, and if we read through uh, Joshua chapter 2, you find out that Rahab was aware that the Canaanites were already defeated. So Rahab the harlot, she lets them in. She sees the spies. She brings them in. And the Lord already revealed to her that, hey, these guys are whipped. These Israelites are coming here to take the land. I'm going to side with the winners. Amen. Now think about this. This is the way it is in our spiritual life. The devil knows that he is already defeated through Christ and he trembles. The devil knows that he is defeated. If we ever know that, things change. When we know that our enemy is already a defeated foe. Think about it. The devil is afraid. Do you know what he's afraid of? He's afraid of you having faith in God. He's afraid of you believing this word. He's afraid of you exercising your faith and your authority over him. The Bible says that God has given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Amen. And so if we believe that and we begin to act, if we ever get convinced of it, he knows that he is already defeated. We read it Sunday morning that he triumphed, he made an open display in victory, triumphing over principalities and power. He broke their power. Amen. In Colossians 2, we read it Sunday morning. Watch this. So the devil is afraid. That is why the Lord tells us to resist him and he will flee. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Satan knows that he cannot stand against a man or a woman who dares to act in God-given faith. And so look at what Joshua chapter 1, look at verse 6. Look at what the Lord said. Hear it again. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide an inheritance, the land. You shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Be strong and of good courage. Three times. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. And then it ends over there with the people saying, only be strong in verse 18 and be of good courage. Amen? Are you getting this tonight? We're just going to stir it up. I'm telling you, uh, well, we've seen a lot of different things. Sean and I were talking today, all kinds of little things going on. we got all these people we're praying for. and We're declaring an excess. We're declaring we're going out. And it seems like got all these little things rising up. I just look like this. It, 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 this is what I said a minute ago. Uh, or not a minute ago, but I just, in looking at what's going on in our society today, uh, when you read where Jesus would cast devils out, many times they would throw a fit before they left. I just see a lot of devils throwing fits on their way out. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm excited about it myself. Praise the Lord. So let's walk through these real quick. I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I just want you to see these. These are four keys to the courage that possesses the promise. Come on. God's given you an exodus. He's leading you out into the promise. And these are some keys that you can apply. Think about it. Such courage does not exist apart from faith. It's going to take faith to believe God. Think about it. God's going to tell you to do crazy stuff. Look, he said, Wheresoever the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I have given unto you. And so they cross over Jordan. Here's these giant wall. And Joshua goes, man, how are we going to conquer these walls? Here's how you're going to do it. You're just going to walk around it for seven days. And then on the last day, you're going to blow trumpets and shout real loud, and the walls will come down. Yeah, that's how they do it all the time. I've seen that all, the, all over the place. That just happens everywhere. Amen? No, it never happened like that. There's no, there's no stratagem in there in the art of war. You shall walk around the city seven times and then shout on the seventh day real loud and the walls come down. No, that's not in any of the strategies, all that stuff. You, you don't go and you don't like candles and you don't shake bushes and all that. All the stuff that God says to do, you don't do none of that stuff. 
You have to understand, God says you to do things, and when you're living by faith, God asks you to do crazy stuff, because when he does crazy stuff through your life by faith, the only person that can get glory for it is him. Are you with me? So faith sometimes makes you look crazy, but God gets glory. Amen. So people call me crazy, but God's getting glory. I'll take that all the time. Amen? And watch that. I must really believe that something is true before I can be courageous enough to venture out on the basis of what I believe. To sit and agree. I, I can sit and agree or act and possess. See, I could have sat there that night and said, well, I really believe that every place the sole of my foot shall tread upon, I've given unto you. Man, I believe that. That's awesome. I, I believe that. Isn't that a great word? Whoa, glory to God. I, man, I believe that verse. The Lord said, well, then get up and do it. No, man, I really believe that verse. That's an awesome verse. And I could have just stayed there in my little warm bed. You know what? I'd, st- <laughs> I'd have never got the job. Do you understand that? You, 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 if you sit in a, you either sit and agree or you act and obey. You get out there and you possess. The promise was to possess all that they would tread upon, as we read. Faith lays hold on the promise and therefore is the basis of our courage. Faith acts. It doesn't just talk. It acts. Amen? Faith is not content just to be a spectator. That's how I've always gotten in trouble. I always said, Lord, can I do that? Can I do that? Can I do that? When I read myself, can I do that? I want to be a part of that. I want to do some of that. I never like watching other people have fun. I don't. We say the other day, Saturday I I, I went to to uh, a Ben's basketball game. That was the coolest basketball game in the world. I forgot how my, I coached my son Austin when he was that young. But they're the six years old, and they don't even have rules. They just run up and down the court and do whatever they want. They don't have to dribble. They can travel. They can pick up the ball, run with it, and then dribble it once, and then run all over. I mean, there are no rules. They just run from end to end. It was awesome. It was the funniest thing in the world. I loved it. And then after the game, after the game. Uh, Jake's out there shooting some ball. So I got, man, I'm going to go shoot some ball. Well, I haven't been running much since my Achilles thing. So I'm out there. I'm going to run, man. And so I go, oh, be careful, be careful. No, I'm going to run, man. I'm not going to spectate. I'm going to get out there. Are you with me? I believe, I believe God. So, Pastor, you're crazy. That's right. And my faith works all the time. Amen. The principle of appropriation. Not only must there be a promise for God, of God for us, but we must go and claim for ourselves that which God has promised. God, I want you to heal me. I believe my kill would be totally healed. I believe I'll fully function. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to put it to the test. I better baby it just in case. All right, moving right along. Israel was to go and claim what God had already given them. They had to go and take it. Everybody look up here. You're going to have to take it. If you're waiting for God, you could be waiting a long time. Because God tells us to go and take it. Israel was to go and claim what God had already given them. For us today, this is done more by the confession of our faith and corresponding action than it is by dispossessing inhabitants of the land. We're not physically going people out. You can't just walk down the street and say, hey, I want that house, and then go up to tell people, hey, would you get out? Amen? You better really have that say at the Lord. Because, anyway, so we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that those things which we say will come to pass, we confess and believe in agreement with God's word. 
when we begin to claim. What does it say, Romans 10 eight? What does it say? The word is nigh you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we speak. Come on, Jesus said, hey, if you had faith, you would stay. If you had faith, you would make declaration. Jesus said, if you had faith, you would say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. If you had faith, you would say to this tree, be plucked up by the roots and thrown into it. If you had faith, you would begin speaking to things with we'll the thought. James chapter 2. Watch this. James chapter 2, look at verse 17. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Faith that doesn't have corresponding action is dead. So for us to have faith, faith has to be moving. Faith is acting. It's engaging. But someone will say, you have faith and I have work. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So James just simply said, it's one thing just to say it, amen, agree with it, but somewhere faith has to have that corresponding action of agreement with what you're declaring. Amen? Watch it. See, God gives, but man must take. This kind of stuff makes religious people uncomfortable. We've done a great job at getting so religious that we've nullified the power of God's Word. That's what Jesus said when He came. He says, you through your tradition have made the Word of God of no effect. That's what He said to the religious people of His day. You have so much tradition that the Word doesn't even work for you anymore. And all Jesus, Jesus said, what are you getting mad at me? I'm just doing the Word. Yeah. He healed the one guy and said, hey, go, go show yourself to the priest. He says, I just did what's in the Bible. And so go show yourself to the priest. I just did what's in the Word. Now, go declare it. And they got mad at him for just doing the Word. So watch this. And, and so th this is what I do. Never let religious people move you off of your faith. Amen. Say, well, how can you confess and believe that? Well, when it's your problem, we'll believe with you. Amen. All right, moving right along. And people... It's just like Cole said. If you're, if you're not going to walk in faith, what are you going to operate in? I've had people actually call us up. Are you one of those faith churches? And that's what I tell them. I said, what's the option? <laughs> no, we preach fear, doubt, and unbelief. Come in here, we'll give you a good dose. Of, of just, it may leave you just worse than you came in. You'll go out here so depressed, you just won't even know how to think about it. We'll make God so so dead. Amen. We'll convince you he can't do anything today. God bless you. Hope to see you Sunday morning. Are you kidding me? The just shall live by without faith. It is what? Impossible to please God. There, there's no option. Amen. So think about it. See, Romans 8, 32 said that if God did not spare his own, his own son... How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Amen? And Ephesians 1.3 tells us the same thing. Think about it. These are remarkable promises in order for us to receive the things. We must believe what God has said and then accept it with the action needed to take it. 
Courage depends upon faith, and faith depends upon the promise made in order to go and possess it. I just read that. When I, I believe that promise. I could walk around a building, put my foot on a building, get a job. Now, I was believing it at that moment. I believe the anointing of God came upon me, and I'm out there doing that. But then when, he was, when, when they called and said, hey, and I got the job, I was a little surprised it worked. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I was just a little surprised. But then I get out there and go, man, this stuff works. Glory to God. You get, you get those victories. You go, man, the Word of God is true. God really will do what He said He will do. Then it gets exciting. Either that or you just get, become religious. Go, yeah, that's a good message. Go, God. And nothing changes. Hallelujah. Here we go. So what about the fulfillment of the promise? depends on the faithfulness of the one who made the promise. Think about it. Well, let's quit there tonight. We're done with time. Amen. We could do this next week, can't we? All right. We'll do some more next week. Stand to your feet.